We acknowledge that we work on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge that this land is stolen land and that sovereignty was never ceded. We pay our respects to Elders, past, present and emerging. Welcome to this episode of This Crown is on Fire. Uh, This is a podcast for real women who are just trying to keep their crowns on their heads. Thank you for joining us. This episode today is going to be all about uh, how I cope with being so busy, uh, what I can control and what I can't control. So the first thing that I'm going to ask you to do right off the bat, if this sounds like something that's really going to help you or if you know someone that it's really going to help, then I would love it if you could send them the podcast. Uh, Send them a link to Apple or Spotify um, and really let them know that this is something that they could do with and that you're thinking of them. I'd love it if you could share it, even if you just share it on Facebook or Instagram with your own online communities. That would be amazing and I would really, really appreciate it. It's the school holidays in Victoria, which is uh, just amazing. I just feel like term three went for a billion years uh, and yet somehow I'm also completely shocked that we are in September uh, and Christmas is less than a hundred days away but I know that all of the uh, the teachers and the parents who have been their remote learning uh, students are very very happy to have uh, some reprieve from term three and a couple of weeks of just not having to worry about what tasks are due when and who's done what and how they've spelt that particular thing, which is uh, always good. So congratulations to all of the Victorian teachers uh, who have made it through this whole term of remote learning, but also to all of the teachers uh, all around the country, because I know that being on site is uh, pretty tough. I know that I will never take being on site for granted again. I cannot wait to get back in the classroom and I cannot wait to have a couple of weeks of actual normality back at work. So hopefully we get that in term four. The coronavirus numbers in Victoria have been uh, steadily going down, which is so great to see. Hopefully we'll be able to get out of this uh, lockdown in the pathway that the government have outlined Um, I'm a bit sad that the five kilometre limitation won't lift until October, only because I have seen the inside of my local shopping centre and that's about it. Uh, And I'd really just like to go to a different Coles, really. (laughs) Like, would be amazing, Uh, let alone being able to go and see my mum and dad, who are more than five kilometres from my house. Same with my sister. Uh, We're going to miss both my niece and nephew's birthdays, which is a bit sad. And yeah, we are just rolling through this tail end of lockdown. Admittedly it has got me a little bit nervous about what next year is going to look like and whether or not we actually can do this again if it if it flares up and how we're going to manage that thing but look hopefully uh, we just uh, turn into New South Wales and Queensland who have just sort of chugged along with occasional spikes of more than 10 but certainly no more than that and nothing building So, yeah, that is effectively uh, where we're at. On the uh, Australian political front, I have continued to gather concern around ongoing issues around death in custody. 
Uh, we have seen a lot of Black Lives Matter movements in America with the shocking treatment of uh, African-American people um, and people of colour generally by their police system, but we don't necessarily hear a lot about that here in Australia. There have been five Indigenous deaths in custody since June, um, and surely that has to be declared a national emergency. People who are uh, remanded by the police uh, deserve better than that. Uh, and ultimately, the police are there to protect and serve our community. You know, allowing people to pass away while in custody uh, seems pretty terrible. Uh, 49-year-old Sherry Fisher Tilbury uh, passed away 10 days ago while in remand in Brisbane in a watch house. That leads that number to somewhere around 440, I think, since the last Royal Commission, uh, which was in the early 90s. And a report out last week suggested that in Western Australia, between 2010 and 2020, 60% of people who died in prisons in Western Australia had a disability, and half of those were also Indigenous. These are really vulnerable members of our society, and our justice system is not designed to simply punish people who have committed crime, but in order to, to rehabilitate them so that they don't commit crimes again and to protect our community. This doesn't equate the neglect required to have these levels of deaths in police custody and in our prison system. And if nothing else, surely that is suggesting to us that that system is underfunded, overworked and not able to take the care required for these people. And at the end of the day, regardless of what crime you have committed, and we don't even need to get started on the insane levels of people in prisons in WA for not paying fines, but these are people who have committed crimes. People who have a disability, mental health concerns, and are Indigenous. Their location, their history, their criminal history is completely irrelevant. Um, and that's something that really needs to be addressed. It's not much, but I know that GetUp has got a petition on their website that they intend to take uh, to the National Cabinet, which is made up of leaders from the federal and state and territory governments. So, uh, I'm going to put the link to that in the show notes. They only need about 4,000 more uh, signatures. So uh, by all means, please share that on your social media uh, threads and hopefully we can bring it all together and put some pressure on this government to really look into this national tragedy. Uh, it's a really important issue. Today's episode is called Everything Doing Too Much Has Taught Me. Um, we've talked in this podcast before about the fact that I am a tragically busy person. Uh, I'm the kind of person that does uh, multiple meetings a week, constantly has more than one project on the go, um, multiple committees, all those sorts of things. Um, I love being busy. I love uh, being a part of the different extracurricular activities that I am. Um, and I constantly think of more things that I'd quite like to do. And everyone always says to me, I don't know how you do that, or you're so amazing. And particularly since my palsy, my facial paralysis, and the fact that I've just kept going, because, you know, what choice is there? I've gotten a lot of, uh, it's so incredible that you do all those things. And at the end of the day, it, it isn't incredible that I do all those things. There are lots of women 
uh, who take on just as many things as me and don't get nearly as much credit uh, because they are either not in the leadership roles that I am in, uh, which obviously gets my name is on websites and all that sort of stuff. And so there are lots of women in the political party that I, I work within that don't have that sort of uh, credit. So at least I do get some kudos for the work that I do. There's lots of volunteers who work equally, if not more hard than I do, that don't get that kind of kudos, don't get that kind of credit. And so, yeah, there's nothing really overly special about what I do. I am not super organised. It's not one of my strengths. Um, I tend to roll from thing to thing to thing and wing my way through most things. Um, I do spend a lot of time reading agendas and white papers and uh, proposals, but broadly I don't spend a lot of time organising my day. Um, I really try to keep up with a to-do list because I love checking things off. I'm really organised at Christmas, but other than that I'm not great at it. In fact, I've just joined an online course around goal setting uh, and uh, really focusing on achievements because I'd really like to grow this podcast uh, and its affiliations with some different things. And I've got some ideas for some different empowering products that are, are rolling around in my head and I, I really want to knuckle down and focus on those. So I've joined that. Some more on that on Instagram. If you want to hear a little bit more about that Rise and Conquer project, come follow me on Instagram at This Crown is on Fire and check out my stories. Most of my stuff is in there. I'll create a highlights for that too, I think. But broadly, what I want to talk about today is how I kind of cope with the stress and the anxiety of taking on as much as I do, because it is stressful and it does give me anxiety and it does make me tired. But here are the things that I do in order to be able to cope with those particular things. And I've broken this down into two categories and they are things that I can control and the things that I can't control. What I can control uh, comes down to four main things. How much noise I consume, how I direct my energy, how I speak to and treat other people and how I look after myself and self-food. So when I'm very busy and I have lots of things on and it seems really overwhelming, I can control how much extra noise I take on. And usually that's in the form of news, social media, other phone calls. I can control what other noise I consume. And so if I've got quite a few things on or there's a particular crisis that I need to manage or a large amount of uh, marking and things like that at school, then I can control how much noise I let in. When the coronavirus first started, I was pretty obsessed with those press conferences and I was watching them each and every day. Unless something else was going on and then I specifically took myself out of that little circle because I couldn't manage the mental load of the virus and the numbers and the next steps and all those things whilst also dealing with whatever I was dealing with at that time. And that might have been as simple as writing an assignment sheet for school, rejigging a rubric, uh, writing a proposal uh, for a meeting that I had, uh, or dealing with a, a separate conflict or crisis. So I really do restrict the extra noise that I take on uh, when I'm, I'm particularly busy and overwhelmed. 
Um, and I really try to also do this in my parenting. If the girls have got a problem or they need to do something or they need to go somewhere, then I really try to restrict the noise in the house and really focus on what it is that they are doing and needing and all those sorts of things. So that's something that I can definitely control. I can control in that same way where I direct my energy. Um, particularly since having uh, this facial paralysis and this general weakness, I get fatigued super e easily, like really easily. And so if I'm feeling really overwhelmed and really anxious, there are two things that I can do. I can either put on some headphones and go for a walk and try and think out the thing that I need to work out, like if I need to make a decision or I need to word something a particular way or I need to, to fix something and I'm not sure how. Sometimes going for that walk and using that energy will help me make those decisions. But other days, what I actually need to do to make that decision or work out how I'm going to do it is go to bed and get under the doona and the blanket and just rest. Um, I might do a guided meditation. I really enjoy a, a guided meditation and I find them really uh, energizing, but it took me a while to find the right one. So if that's something that you've tried uh, and it hasn't worked for you, give it a couple more a go. I find that the voice really needs to be right and the pace and the, the description and the tone, all those sorts of things. So uh, if you've tried it before and it hasn't worked, give it another go with a different type. But I can direct how I either spend my energy in order to make that decision or I refresh and revitalize my energy in order to do that. And as an extrovert who generally is re-energized by people and conversations, that's been much harder in lockdown in 2020. And so resting and listening to other people, so I might put on a podcast I might listen to a guided meditation is one way that I've been able to recoup my energy uh, without having to be particularly social um, and coping with not, my job is very social, right? I work in a classroom of 23 kids. I'm moving from class to class. More than like two days a week, I have classes all day and meetings at lunchtime. Like I'm constantly around people, uh, which is why my job is perfect for me. But in lockdown with so much other noise and so many other things to make occasionally what I need is half an hour in bed some days when I've had a lot of decisions to make uh, and I've made them all I need to spend half a day in bed because I'm really just fatigued um, and I just need to not have to focus on light or noise or the like clutter in my house I just need to sit and relax so I can control where I direct my energy. Walking is excellent for me. I really enjoy it and I enjoy the space that it gives me to make those decisions. But sometimes I accept that I, I can't do that. That's not going to work and I need to go and rest. I can also put together a to-do list and decide where my energy is going to focus on that particular day. And some days I have enough energy to tackle lots of different things and bounce from project to project to project. Doing politics and schoolwork and personal stuff and writing and listening and doing all those things and housework. But some days I will already know at the beginning of that day that I don't feel well enough in order to bounce from lots of different topics and projects. 
and I need to just put my energy into just doing schoolwork on that day or just doing politics on that day or just doing housework um, or just focusing on my kids. So you need to be able to really reflect on what do I have the energy to do and what can wait and sometimes I procrastinate certain tasks enough where I won't have any choice and I'll have to do a few different things on, on particular days but mostly I can decide and I can control where I direct my energy and what my attention is split between and has to pivot between on any particular day. And deciding not to pivot and just to focus on one type of thing in my life on one day is a thing that I can control. It's a thing that I can manage. I can control how I speak to and treat other people. Now, certainly there are days that my patience is low and, you know, my kids drive me crazy and I lose my temper with them. Perfectly normal. Absolutely. Um, And I really have accepted, particularly since my marriage broke down, to be completely honest with you, that I'm allowed to have emotions and I'm allowed to express them. Um, I really often felt quite suffocated by the fact that I, I wasn't really allowed to have them or when I did have them. Um, I was punished for that Um, and I I don't have that anymore uh, which has been really great and it has allowed me to really feel my emotions and work through them rather than having to bottle them up and then have them sort of explode and cause a much bigger issue than you know they would have if I just actually had those feelings to begin with. So aside from large emotional meltdowns, which everyone has, I know that I can control how I speak to and treat other people. I'm very forthright um, and I'm quite open and honest. People expect me to tell them the truth and they expect me not to necessarily sugarcoat things to protect their feelings. I will often have to have difficult conversations with students and parents and political people and all those sorts of things and I have built a relationship where people trust me um, and they trust me to be honest about whether or not we can achieve things, what time we can achieve them in and whether or not they're doing a good job and for me that means that I have a relationship with students who know that when I praise them that I'm not just praising them because I'm nice I'm praising them because they've earned it and I'm proud of them. And that when they don't behave in that way, that I'll, be, I'll tell them and I'll be honest with them about what they need to do um, and how they can improve. And they know that my feedback is you know, worth taking on because I wouldn't give them that feedback if I didn't mean it. And I wouldn't give them the praise that they get in that feedback if I didn't mean it. Same deal with how I deal with customer service people and people I'm negotiating outcomes with, they expect me to tell them the truth. I control how I treat those people. I control what information I give them. I control what uh, access to my personal life they have. Um, I control how my boundaries work. I can control those particular things and I can choose not to take phone calls if I don't want to. Um, I can control what I say no to and how I say no to that thing. I control how I put people off for a certain amount of time in terms of like, I can do that task, but not today. 
I control the language with which I use, the emotions that I put into our interactions so that people will know how I feel or how I don't feel, which means that I won't necessarily need to explain that later. Um, and that's really important to me. Not everyone gets it, obviously. Sometimes I can drop very large hints about not being able to take on certain things at this time and needing a week or so, and not everyone understands that. And lastly, I can control how I look after myself and how I self-soothe. So I am very well known to, for a bath. I love being able to sit in very, very hot water. Uh, to quote the excellent Sylvia Plath, uh, I'm sure there are some things that a hot bath doesn't fix, but I don't know any of them. And I usually will sit in that bath and watch some kind of horrendous true crime documentary on Netflix uh, or something equally as trashy and mindless and enjoyable. Again, about that resting and relaxing and regenerating. I will sit with my youngest daughter and, you know, look at Roblox and the things that she's playing with. I think she's playing Gacha Life or Gotcha Life a bit on her iPad at the moment. And we'll talk through the things that she's interested in and what she's doing. And that's really soothing for me. Um, and I read and I can control what type of books that I read, how they're going to make me feel, how quickly I'm going to get through them. Some days I will pick a really quick read to get through over the course of half a week uh, simply because I know that I'm not going to achieve very much that week in terms of ticking off tasks and having things completed. Sometimes I'm going to take a longer time to get through my to-do list uh, to completion and so if I pick a quick read that's a self-soothing thing that I then also get a sense of satisfaction out of. And so I can control that and I can pick those particular things. I can up my skincare routine of an evening and put all of the products on my face as opposed to just one or two. And again, that gives me that sense of achievement that I'm doing something for myself, but also that I'm actually just doing something and getting something done and sometimes when I do it, I, I feel like I'm putting myself as a priority. I'm taking care of my skin and that I'm doing something that I really enjoy doing. I can control how I self-soothe and how I look after myself. So they're the four things that I can control. How much noise I consume, how I direct my energy, how I speak to and treat other people and how I look after myself and self there are three things that I really can't control and they are how other people behave, how other people feel and other people's decisions. I can't control any of those things and I need to simply work my own things out around them and often I have to remember that people's behaviour People's feelings and people's decisions are often made like away from me and have nothing to do with me. And sometimes I will feel the repercussions of those things and that can be annoying or hurtful. But broadly, most people will decide how they behave and decide how they feel and decide what decisions they're going to do and what actions they're going to do like in spite of me, like nothing to do with me at all. Um, so it's really important that I remember that I only control myself 
uh, and I can give directions and I can give instructions and I can support people through their behavior and through their feeling and through their decisions but ultimately they're not mine and they often don't reflect me in any way Um, particularly in the the teaching industry it can be really difficult to get caught up in this concept that when a student doesn't hand something in or when they do poorly on a test or when they misbehave in class that that decision reflects on you and your skill as a teacher but in reality it doesn't if if it's a class has multiple issues just in that one class and it's ongoing for like weeks and weeks and weeks on end then yeah that sort of thing probably does reflect on that staff member but broadly isolated incidents um, or single uh, issues don't reflect on that staff member at all and no one is really thinking about them to be honest with you Poor grades and misbehaviour rarely reflects poorly on the student either. Um, It is understood to be isolated incidents related to things that we can't control often outside of school. And we just need to be there to support that student through that feeling and through that behaviour and through that reflection that's really required. And so once I started to really accept that student behaviour adult behaviour, adult feelings, student feelings, weren't because of me and didn't reflect on me, I was able to really start to handle those things a lot better and take them less personally. Um, And that was really hard. I am the kind of personality that likes to be liked. I don't take rejection very well. And I find it difficult when people openly tell other people that they don't like me that it was very difficult for me earlier this year and I couldn't quite work out why that had occurred but ultimately when I really sat down and thought about it it hadn't it didn't have anything to do with me at all Um, it was because I was in competition with someone that they supported uh, and there was concerns that I might outdo them which didn't happen and um, ultimately probably was never going to happen But again, those feelings and that behaviour wasn't something that I could control. Uh, I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't prompt it. um, I couldn't control it. And I really thought about taking it further and organising some mediation and sitting down. But ultimately, if that didn't really have anything to do with me, then mediation probably wouldn't have done very much because ultimately it will resolve itself by that that situation occurring. That happens in the classroom too. Sometimes you'll get kids that you just don't get along with because some personalities just rub up against each other and I'm quite full on, I'm very dry and sarcastic um, and some kids don't get that and that's totally okay. They're allowed to have that feeling, they're allowed to not understand me, I will attempt to adjust the way that I deal with that kid specifically but I'm not going to change my whole personality. And so that situation is resolved simply by the fact that eventually that kid moves out of my class and we both move on with our lives and everything's fine. Sometimes I do get mediation involved to make sure that we are supporting that person through that feeling, whether that be mediation within the political party or mediation through the school with another staff member or whatnot. And likewise, I've also been the mediator in a number of situations as well. And again, sometimes that can be a really difficult process and people can feel really threatened by the fact that I'm there but ultimately it's about supporting them 
through those feelings and through that behaviour that don't have anything to do with me and don't need to be things that I direct my energy on, that I have feelings about and I can only control how I speak to and how I treat those people. I can't control how they speak to or feel about me. So they are the things that I can control and the things that I can't control and that is how I manage uh, taking on as many projects as I do. Some practical homework for you. I would really recommend making a list. I love a list. I love a reflective list. And what I want you to do is really make a list of the things that you can control. What can you do? What can you fit in? Uh, what can you manage? And that might be, you might be able to manage how much time you spend uh, on a particular project. You might be able to control what time you go to bed every night and how much sleep you get. You might be able to control how you fuel your body, what nutrition you give yourself. These are all very valid things that you can list as things that are in your control and what you can feel. Really have a think about your list. Make it really exhaustive. Even the little things that you know that you can control, pop them on there. And then really go through and have a think about what are the things that really matter to you and what is it that's going to remind you how in control you are uh, and what you can actually manage. I find that the more I feel in control of the things that I'm doing, the more I can take on and the less overwhelmed I feel by all the things that I'm doing. I think that three to five ultimate things that you can control, that you can remind yourself that you can control and that you are really understanding uh, about the way that your life works uh, and what things are going to impact those things the most are the best things to keep on your finite I can control these things list. You want to think about things that are going to help you to feel like you can take on tasks, that you can complete your to-do list. And I'm not suggesting that if you make this list of things that you can control, that you'll be able to then take on entirely new projects and run a political party and run a small business and do all those things at the same time. I don't think that that's true. This is not the, it's not a time creator. What it does do is help level your emotions, make you feel less out of control and less overwhelmed just by remembering that you can control these particular things. And then there are some days when I feel really anxious and I feel really overwhelmed. And when I think about what, the, what I can control, I specifically work around those things that day. I specifically think about the content that I'm going to consume and what frame of mind that's going to put me in. I specifically think about where I'm going to direct my energy and if I'm going to go for that walk or I'm going to go to bed. I think about the way that I, I speak to and treat people knowing that I, I feel a particular way and that I don't necessarily want them to, to take that emotion on. I think about how I'm going to look after myself on that day because I can control that. And just being able to manage those emotions really helps me uh, to work through those really busy times without losing the plot completely. 
when I think about the things that I can't control, that really helps me when I feel hurt by something or I feel really concerned about something and the way that I'm handling that particular thing. I think about those things that I can't control and I take the guilt and the shame and the blame off myself for them and I refocus back onto those things that I can control. And again, that is just about feeling less overwhelmed, uh, feeling less negative in my emotions and being able to keep taking my, my day on rather than dwelling in particular emotions. So again, I would write that same list. What do you know that you definitely can't control? What are things that are outside the realm of things you are able to take credit for? And then have a think about how that impacts your day and what you can do to protect yourself from it. And that's kind of it. So I really hope that that's been really helpful for you. I'm hoping to add a bit more value into this podcast moving forward. So not only about having real conversations with women about the way they work and live and move through the world, but also having episodes like this where we talk about things that are really helpful and ways to self-soothe and manage our emotions, manage our to-do lists, manage our mental load. Uh, So yeah, having a look at those two sets of things will hopefully help you to move a little bit easier through your week uh, regardless of how many things are on it and I really want to remind everybody that there are weeks that I have where I have two things on my to-do list and that is more overwhelming than when I have 30. Uh, Everyone's different, every day is different, everyone's physical capability is different on a particular day. So Uh, With that in mind, um, I would love to hear your feedback about this particular episode. You can email me at thiscrownisonfire at gmail.com or you can come and check us out on Instagram. Um, I'm really hoping to grow that little community. Um, I share lots of different things from other accounts that have got similar uh, advice and tips as well as the general feminist uh, empowerment quotes and things like that. Uh, But the last thing that I'd really like you to do, if you know someone that you think uh, this advice would really help, I want you to share the podcast with them. Uh, Send them the link in Spotify or Apple uh, or whatever their favorite podcast app is because you know that we're in all of them. Um, And really let them know that This Crown is on Fire is something that's really uh, designed to help them work through the world that they live in. Uh, and to be able to relate on a really basic level. So with that, I will uh, bid you adieu for this week. Um, I hope you have a fantastic week, a productive week, uh, and a safe week. Uh, Stay inside, wear a mask, don't get sick, and I will hear you next week. (laughs) 